Blog Talk Radio. Colts fans and welcome to another edition of Your Team Hates You and Really Wants You to Hate Yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Cowan. On tonight's episode, Brad Wells and I will talk to you about Chuck Pagano, Ryan Grigson, Jim Irsay, and how one incompetent man, two incompetent men, can never be held accountable for their shitty jobs. Brad's already here and he has a great name that I don't want to share publicly unless he's okay with it. So I'm going to bring him on. Hello, Brad. How are you? I can't hear you. Maybe I didn't bring you on. Brad, are you there? Hmm. Well, that's okay. I'll set the table until we fix this. On tonight's episode, we're going to discuss the Colts 8-8 eight eight record and the Chuck Pagano press conference quotation marks that took place today to mark the end of year. It was really exciting stuff because apparently Chuck Pagano will be back next year. Oh, Brad. Hi, Brad. Hi, Greg. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. We're live. <laughs> Sorry Greg, now you mentioned a group of names earlier at the start of this podcast. I heard Chuck Pagano, I heard Ryan Grigson, but there's a name. I heard Jim Irsay, but there's another name in there that you didn't mention. Say his name, Greg. Say the Jim name. Bob Cooter? Uh, no, no. Well, we, we can always say Jim Bob Cooter. Say the name of the man who would hire Jim Bob Cooter. Oh, you want me to say Peyton Manning? Okay. Peyton Manning. But I want you, there we go. But I want you to share your name that you dialed in with because I think the whole world needs to know. Oh, no. That was, that's only for you. That's only for you, Greg. That's why I didn't share. I, I, didn't understand, to I understand the pain that you are going through today, and I understand the pain that all – I don't think it's not just Colt fans, but just fans in general. If you watched the press conference today for the Buffalo Bills and their general manager, and if you watched – Jed York do his best Donald Trump impersonation today for the San Francisco 49ers. You know, it's, it's not an, if you're fans of those particular franchises, including the Colts, you don't really feel all that happy today, but I, I will give the 49ers and the bills this. They've at least made a decision. A decision has been made. They have fired their respective coaches. And in the 49ers case, they also fired the general manager. And they are moving forward in a different direction. We don't know what that direction is, but at least it's something. Right now with Indianapolis, we have no idea what's going on. No clue. And it's not a type of situation, I think you agree with me on this, it's not the kind of situation where everything's just, okay, no, we're moving forward with who we got. That's not happening here. Something's going on. And it's the absolute worst possible situation because yet again, for the second year in a row, Jim Mercer just seems to not know what the hell he's doing. He can't make up his mind. 
And we're at the point now where if, if you're literally waffling now, then it just makes you look even more incompetent and inept and buffoonish than he did last year uh, when he resigned these two guys, Chuck Pagano and Ryan Grigson, respectively. So I understand your pain, Greg. I feel it. Wait, let me ask you a question. Did you listen to the Bills press conference? Because I, I heard a lot of people talking about it today, and I'm in Toronto, and for some reason the Bills are Toronto's surrogate NFL team. Yeah. And well, they used to they play games it. in Toronto for a period of right. time. Yeah. They replayed the whole press conference at 7 p.m. And the reason I'm asking is today, to me, the worst part about today as a Colts fan is the absolute chicken shit way that the moment an indie media <laughs> member and we've all I think uh-huh. I, I'm pretty light on the Colts compared to you. You're you're much more is antagonistic a fair word. You You can pick the word. I but, think antagonistic is a fair word. I think that's a okay. fair word. It's I don't I don't view antagonistic as a negative. It's okay to be I don't know how you feel about this, but for listeners out there, I think it's okay to be antagonistic as long as you're not threatening people. There's a difference between being <laughs> You know what I mean? I think some people kind of equate the two and I, I don't understand that. I mean th- there's a difference between being antagonistic, being aggressive and being threatening or being improper or being you know, a jerk. And so I, I think that there's a significant difference between the two, but you, you're, you're asking me basically what, what was the, what went on with that press conference in Buffalo? Is that what you want to know? No, my, my point was, I think all of us have kind of said, including me, like you and I are kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. We've all said the Indian media is way too easy on the Colts. Like yeah. They, they always just treat that franchise with kids, glo- kid gloves. And but today, I think they did their job today. They did their job they today. Trying. What yeah. bothers me is today they were trying to do their job, and I applaud them. For mm-hmm. people who didn't listen to the press conference live, it went like this. Chuck Pagano shows up 15 minutes late. Chuck Pagano speaks for 15 minutes about something no, no, one, no one knows. If anyone's ever had a relative and you, and you go, did you see that football game? And he goes, that reminds me of the time when I, in the 1940s when I played football. And then an hour later, he's talking about something that had nothing to do with the topic. This was Chuck, Chuck Pagano, Pagano looked like only- somebody who was about ready to have a stroke. That's what yeah, just, yeah, just free associative rambling. thought about random things related to football, <laughs> like he was basically stalling for time. It was very, very <laughs> and then, weird. And then at the end of it, Mike Wells goes to ask a question, and you can tell it's not going to be a so how This is Mike life. Wells of ESPN.com. Right. He was going to ask a question that was fair, totally fair but maybe not comfortable for chuckles. And the moment he got it out of his mouth, the, you could hear the PR guy clearly say, this is the last question, then we're wrapping it up. And it was the only question, and it was like, what the? I have never seen a press conference, and you can only put that in air quotes because it was just him monologuing about Jack nothing. And I've never, I'm so embarrassed. I wasn't angry that they're they're coming back if they come back, but the chicken shit way you deal with it you've got to be able to if you're going to say i'm held accountable and chuck pagano said that like five times today and if you're going to bring these people back at least ask questions fans deserve that if nothing else you're right i let's 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 set this up a little bit for people this is for anybody who for whatever reason you didn't get a chance to see chuck pagano's press conference today i mean heaven forfend you actually have a life and you had to go out (laughs) and do stuff today by the way greg happy new year Happy New Year Happy to New Year. you. 
Did you have a good Christmas? It, all, it was all good? Did you have a good time? Yeah, uh, you? I, I'm trying to think yeah. back. It's so long. It's already a week. Time's flying. It's already a week, it's yes. a week ago. It's like a thousand years ago. <laughs> it's almost, it was great. It's I had a wonderful time. I had a all wonderful our shows time. Gone, for people who are wondering. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, Happy New Year. Yep. Happy New Year to you. We have some snow here still. Just so everybody knows, Greg, is you're in Toronto, right? You're in Toronto. I'm in, Toronto. I'm in Vancouver. We're not Canadian. We're Americans. <laughs> who you've got Canadian family, uh, I don't, and we're both uh, associated with the Colts in some way. You're a fan. I used to be a fan, and we both used to write about it. Now we're doing a podcast here for everybody because the last one we did was pretty nice and popular, and people seem to like it. So we're doing another one. And uh, today there was the press conference with Chuck Pagano, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. After week 17, the season is over. The Colts did not make the playoffs. Big shocker there. They were once again 8-8. Eight and eight. They were 8-8 eight and eight last year. Last year they had the excuse that Andrew Luck missed 10 games, and that's why they went 8-8. Eight and eight. This year Andrew Luck missed one game, and they still went 8-8. Eight and eight. And the big reason why they went 8-8 eight and eight is because of the coaching. It was bad. And because the roster isn't all that good. A lot of, a lot of deficiency there. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of bad talent on that roster. So both the general manager and the head coach are once again, there is strong speculation that they will be fired. And nothing that happened today quelled that speculation. What happened is, is that uh, normally on an end of day uh, event, it's week 17, the coach has to come in. He's got to talk to the team around noon. And then afternoon he has a press conference. It's sort of the end of the year press conference where he wraps the year up, takes questions, and that's probably the last time you see the coach until the combine. So a good month and a half, two months. So with Pagano and the Colts, all the media showed up, and there was literally no announcement that Pagano was going to be made available to the media until around, you know, pretty close to when he was going to, about an hour and a half before he was scheduled to come out, around 1.30, I think, East Coast time. And then, as you said, Pagano showed up 15 minutes late. We don't know why. And then for 15 minutes, he ranted about things that really had nothing to do with the context of what people were there for, which is they want to know if he's going to come back and be the head coach next year. He's under contract. So, but there had been reports in the media, Adam Schefter being one of them, saying that Jim Mercer was unhappy with the Colts' performance and that people were expecting change. Bob Kravitz of WTHR.com. Bob used to be the columnist for the Indianapolis Star. Bob is very well connected in with the Colts. He and Jim Ursay are friends. Went on a radio show, I believe it was on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. John Michael Vincent was the host, JMV, on Indy Sports Radio 1070, the fan. And they both said that they expected changes to be happening with the Colts. They didn't know what it was, but they expected change. And the speculation was either the coach and or the general manager, Ryan Grigson, were going to be fired. So that, that was part of what they discussed. We'll get into the second part in a second. Today, everybody showed up to see if Chuck Pagano was going to get fired. Chuck Pagano came out and basically spoke for 15 minutes and didn't answer any of, the, of those questions. And when Mike Wells tried to bring up the question, PR shut it down 
and Pagano left. Pagano did a one-on-one interview with um, Anthony Calhoun of, I forget the TV station he works for, but a local TV, Indianapolis TV station. And that was it. And since then, there has been nothing. There is always at the end of the year on a Monday, it's called, uh, what is it? Roundtable, Colts Roundtable. It's a radio show in Indy, I think. Yes, right? I, think I, th- I think that's what it's called. I don't listen to it. Yeah, that. Colts Roundtable. Ryan Grigson, Chuck Pagano, and Bob Lamey talk <laughs> about the Colts. It's, you know, it's a bullcrap PR end of the year, whatever. They did not do that radio show tonight. They did not do it. So it's creating even more speculation that one or both of these guys is gone or is going to be gone very soon. We don't know. The fact that Jim Mercy hasn't come out and even tweeted anything about it, as far as I know, adds to it even more. Nothing has come out of the Colts complex. Nothing. Reporters have been camped out there all day. They finally left about, a, about an hour or two hours ago. And there is this sinking feeling, unless I haven't checked Twitter yet, so if you know something that I don't, go ahead. There's this sinking feeling that once again, reporters and media are going to get called back in basically the middle of the night to Indianapolis tonight for Jim Ursay to announce something that will happen. That these two guys are going to, they're going to stay in their positions, they're going to fire one, going to keep the other, or the elephant in the room is Peyton Manning. And if people want to know what's going on, the simple answer is no one knows. No one. Ryan Grigson doesn't know. Chuck Pagano doesn't know. And if you want to know why Ryan Grigson isn't talking to the media, Ryan Grigson hasn't talked to the media for two years. That's the guy running your front office. A guy scared to talk to reporters. So you're not going to get anything from Ryan Grigson. Pretty much all major media in Indianapolis have come out and said that both of them should be fired. Even Bob Kravitz has come out and said that they should be fired. So there is strong animosity between Chuck Pagano, Ryan Grigson, and the media. And this is that part where we're just going to go back to your point, Greg. Local Indianapolis media, for years, I bashed them on Stampede Blue because they stunk. They did. They stunk. This year and today in particular, they did their job, and they did it very well. And I think that they've done a very fine job covering this team throughout the year. This was a bad team from the very beginning. It wound up being 8-8 eight and eight because they caught some breaks and because they've got Andrew Luck, and they play in a division that's bad. And once again, we enter an offseason where we don't know who the head coach or who the general manager are going to be. We assume it's going to be Pagano and Grigson because they're under contract, but really we don't know. And we're probably not going to know. Maybe tomorrow we'll find out who knows, but the longer this sort of, this sort of hangs out there, the more embarrassing. It just, it just, just so, I mean, it's, it's not even funny anymore. It's painful. It's painful to see this, with uh, with Jim Irsay, he just looks like such a buffoon with all of this nonsense. You agree? Yeah. Well, the, so the one reason I asked about the Bills conference earlier is I think they look like idiots. But when the, the the Bills had their press conference, people were making fun of it because it was so combative. But the Bills sat there. Doug Whaley, the GM for the Bills, 
sat there and answered these questions, which were asked in a far more antagonizing way, an aggressive <laughs> way, and and at the end, like a combative way than a, than a Colts question has ever been asked. And the, so when you talk about what Ursay is doing, this is mm-hmm. a guy who just can't stop tweeting and get and talking to anyone, won't say anything. Greg said, you know, I know you don't like Bill Pullian, and that's fine. But I don't think – Bill Pullian would antagonize the media for the last two years. He would not have not spoken to them. He would have gone to Chris Mortensen and made fun of the in the media, but he wouldn't have mm-hmm. just said, I'm not talking to anyone. Oh, no. The oh, yeah, you have to give – look, look. I mean, Bill Pullian – yeah, Bill Polian. I mean, look, look oh, at the so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Bill Polian, the as bad as Bill Polian was, he would at least do his radio show. At the very least, he would do that. At the very least, as you say, he would go to somebody connected in media and talk to them. Grigson doesn't even have that. He, Grigson is so loathed in league circles. He's hated. I've talked to a lot of people in the NFL. He is hated by coaches. Bruce Arians hates Ryan Grigson, cannot stand him. I've, I've heard that from multiple people in the NFL. Harold Goodwin, who is going to be interviewed for a lot of head coaching jobs this year, he used to be the offensive line coach in Indianapolis uh, in 2012. He can't stand Ryan Grigson. There are so many people in this league. The only people that like Ryan Grigson work for Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles, Howie Roseman. And we've all now seen what kind of a person Howie Roseman is. So if there's a Game of Thrones, like the the, the eunuch guy on Game of Thrones, that's Howie Roseman in Philadelphia. So you're right. As bad as Bill Polian was in 2011, and Bill Polian was a son of a bitch. Let's just be open about it as bad as he was he'd at least talk (laughs) he'd at least step out there and do an interview or something Grigson just hides in his hole and so you know it's it's just embarrassing and the Bills conference today you know the difference I would say the the Colts conference was weird Chuck Pagano just looked like uh, like he was high on something uh (laughs) Doug Wally went out there uh, for the Bills and just lied through his teeth. That's all he did. The The owner didn't want to have to go out there and, and, and be held accountable for himself. So he just sent his lackey out there, and all the guy did was lie through his teeth. You know, he didn't know uh, why Rex Ryan was fired. Give me a break. Get out of here with that. Everybody's laughing at that guy. And, you know, I guarantee you, like, good coaches took one look at that press conference and were like, nah, I don't want that job. There's no way I'm answering to that putz. No way. I think the Bills job right now is probably the least desirable job, the least desirable, because you've got an owner or you've got owners that don't know what they're doing. And you've got a general manager that a general manager that thinks EJ Emanuel can play quarterback. I mean, you're not, you're not going to get like a really great candidate for that job, which I guess is why if we circle this back, which is why it's kind of uh, interesting because if the Colt job open up, opened up general manager or coach as crazy and inept and buffoonish as Jim Ursay is that job, I think would fly right to the top of the list over Denver, over Denver. Only because of luck though. If you don't have luck, only I think be- because bottom, of Andrew because luck, of luck and because of the division. Because of Andrew Luck Bro, and because sure, of the division. Right. I mean, Denver's got to contend with Oakland and a young Derek Carr 
and Kansas City with with Andy Reid and that and that team, which is very very good. And at the end of the day, even though the Chargers they fired their head coach Mike McCoy, they still got Philip Rivers. That's not necessarily a cakewalk. So the AFC West is a hard division. The Denver Broncos, and also if you take the Bronco job, you are 100% in John Elway's shadow, no matter who you are. Elway will get all the credit for everything that the Broncos do, and you won't get uh, uh, any any credit at all. So, but the Broncos' job is desirable because you've got some talent, especially on defense. They have no quarterback though, which is a problem. Maybe Lynch is good, but I'm not. I'm not sold on 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 Lynch. If if he were good, he would have started this year. Since and when he did start, he stunk. When you got guys like Dak Prescott out there flinging the football around and looking good, it doesn't it doesn't look good for Lynch if he can't go out there and make an impact on a Denver team that's that's loaded. It's got talent. So if the Colts job were to open up, that would be number one in my mind. So do you think to to bring this back to the Colts, this all just comes down to the fact that Peyton Manning's been in town now for I believe four days. And all right, let's let's go let's talk about that. So Manning is not in town, as far as I know, right now. He's not in town right now. I thought this he flew is in what, three days ago. He, threw, he flew in ago. three days ago, and then I – this is what I know from the timeline here, okay? Okay. Uh, it, was, it was Wednesday, I think, that Bob Kravitz and JMV, John Michael Vincent, got on a radio show together, and they talked about how they were hearing serious chatter that Jim Ursay – and the Colts were going after Peyton Manning to bring him in in some, in some capacity. This, the speculation was in the front office as a general manager. Okay? That was what they discussed on Wednesday, I believe it was. And this wasn't just, you know, two guys shooting a breeze. They were, they were talking about, are you hearing this? I'm hearing it too. Do you think it has legs? Yes, I do. That was what they discussed. Now, they made it very clear that just because there's chatter about it doesn't mean that a job is going to materialize or that Peyton Manning was going to get hired as the general manager. They, they were smart to hedge their bets there. Just because Jim Irsay might be reaching out to Peyton Manning doesn't mean that Peyton Manning is going to take the job. You know what I mean? Right. So that was on Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. Friday. I received some information from some sources informing me that Jim Ursay and his general counsel, his top lawyer with the Colts, were having dinner with Tom Condon. Now, Tom Condon, for listeners who don't know, is probably the most powerful sports agent in the NFL, maybe in all of sports. He works for a creative artist agency, CAA, which is one of the most powerful agencies in the world. They not only represent like football players, they represent movie stars and directors and things like that. So like Tom Cruise, Adam Schefter is represented by CA. You want to know how Adam Schefter gets all of his, all of his information, all of his like insider information. It's because he works for the same agency that represents the players. So agents for the players will give Schefter the info and then he'll tweet it out. That's, that's how it works. Tom Condon is Peyton Manning's agent. Now, when Tom Condon is having dinner with Jim Irsay, and the sources gave me the place where they were having dinner, all the people that were there, Condon's in town having dinner with Jim Irsay. They're not just having dinner to shoot the breeze. If they're having dinner, it's to talk business. Both Tom Condon and Jim Irsay are busy people. They don't just, don't just sit down and have dinner. 
So that coupled with the notion that there had been chatter that the Colts wanted to hire Peyton Manning, you could put two and two together. And, you know, now the chatter has reached the level of where Ursa is now talking with Manning's agent. So there's a negotiation going on. The next day, uh, Tony Donahoe, I think his name is, who is a producer at 1070 The Fan, tweeted out that Manning's private jet was in Indianapolis. So now two plus two plus two equals six. Now you've got more information to indicate that, you know, maybe Condon flew in on Manning's jet. I don't know. But when Manning's jet's in Indianapolis, it tends to suggest that Manning himself is in Indianapolis. So now the the last piece of this is, is that I was told that Manning was at the Denver game on Sunday, which was Gary Kubiak's last game before he retired. So the way that it seems is that Manning flew into Indy on Friday or Saturday. Manning was not at the Colts game. Everyone thought, well, if Manning's in town, he's in town for the Colts game. They're honoring Bill Polian at halftime, and it's Robert Mathis's last game before he retired. Manning wasn't at that game. I didn't, nobody, nobody took a picture of him. Nobody said they saw him. Nobody interviewed him. He was not there unless you heard something. I'm, did you hear anything? Nope. Nope. So he wasn't there. So Manning was in town and it had nothing to do with the Colts game on Sunday. He was supposedly in Denver because his kids were in Denver. The Manning twins were there. So the Manning twins were there strongly suggests that Manning himself was there and he was there for his ex coach. Gary Kubiak, who he had formed a, a good relationship with the one year they were together last year. So you add all that up, and yeah, the Colts are trying to hire Peyton Manning. They are trying to. Whether or not it's going to happen, I can't tell you. There's a lot of moving parts there, and money's involved in that. Power is involved in that, and m- what some people are speculating is a stake in ownership. If, if you're going to hire Peyton Manning as your general manager, number one, he ain't coming cheap. You're going to have to pay him what the Broncos basically paid John Elway, which I think is about $7 million a year. That's expensive for a general manager. Ryan Grigson ain't making that money, I'm telling you right now. On top of that, you have to fire Grigson. His contract is guaranteed. So you have to pay out his contract for the next three years. So there's that money too. And then once you bring Peyton Manning in, he's going to want full control over the roster. And I guarantee you, he's going to want to choose the next coach. He's going to want to fire Chuck Pagano. If you bring Peyton Manning in. And then the last thing is he's going to want to potentially want part ownership of the Colts, whatever that percentage is. I don't know right now. Jim Ursay owns 100% of the Colts. There's no minority owner that I know of. So minority ownership is very common in the NFL. You see it sometimes. Uh, Jimmy Haslam, who is now the, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, for many, many, many years, he was a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Roonies had the majority. He had the minority. And then he sold those, that, those shares and then went and bought the Cleveland Browns. So Peyton Manning having a small percentage ownership of the Colts is – not out of the ordinary, but that would that that that's a huge, 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 huge commitment 
on the part of Jim Irsay if he were to go that route. So all of those things that I just mentioned, you, you, you don't get that done over the span of an evening, over dinner. You know what I mean? That's going to take some time to iron out. And when it's all said and done, Peyton Manning has all of the leverage, all of it. Because once word gets out that they're actively negotiating a deal, Ursay then basically has to give in to everything that Manning wants. Because if the deal doesn't materialize, I, I mean, the, the revolt. You, you fans, Indianapolis fans, just going to come and, and, and tear, uh, tear the Colts complex down. Because Manning is so well-loved. And right now, Jim Ursay might be the most unpopular sports figure in Indianapolis. He is so disliked right now. He's almost on par with his father right now, which is saying something because his father was pretty universally hated for different reasons. But Jim's got to do something because he can't keep the status quo. If he keeps the status quo, I think the, the feeling that people will have is that it transforms from apathy into hatred, you know? And I don't think anybody wants to see that. So that's where we are right now. That's, that's where the, the, the situation is with the Colts right now. We don't know. We know that there have been discussions with Peyton Manning's people to hire him. We don't know for what job. We're assuming that. We don't know if it's going to happen. We have no idea. And at the end of the day, the actions that took place today, Chuck Pagano's press conference, Jim Ursay's silence, and Ryan Grigson hiding under a rock, as he normally does, all of that did nothing to quell the Manning rumors. Did nothing to quell those Manning rumors. So there's something up. I don't know what it is, but you know, for anybody out there who wants hope in this particular situation, like, oh, God, do we have to put through another season of Ryan Grigson and Chuck Pagano? If, if that were going to happen, that would have been answered today. If that was a definite, it would have been solved. Pagano would have come out after his meeting with Ursa and said, yep, everything is good. I'm the head coach next year. That's not what Pagano did today. If anything, Pagano's press conference made things worse, made them even more ambivalent. So that's where we are. So the question I ask you, Greg, is how do you feel about all of this? How, how do you feel about the notion of, of Peyton Manning, for example, are, is this something that you think in your mind, based on what I've said and what others said, do you think this has legs? I think it had legs the moment no one denied it. That's usually yeah. for me, the, it's really easy in sports. People always want to deny stuff, even mm -hmm. stuff that's true. They want to deny it. So mm -hmm. when something's speculated and no one denies it, that to me is always the, <clears throat> the, uh, the red flag that something is happening. I think mm -hmm. that it doesn't make sense to me to have both of these guys back because fans are so upset. I believe the waiting list is gone. You have people on Twitter. <laughs> people on Twitter are either just talking. The waiting talk list for season tickets, the, you mean? Right. But people on Twitter, yeah, the waiting list for season tickets. But the people on Twitter are either talking and then the building's going to be full next year or multiple people have canceled tickets this year like at the end of yesterday or will not be renewing. However, that process works. Mm -hmm. I don't think as an owner, you can sit there and people have said this today multiple times and it's correct. It's apt. It's a middle finger to your fans. 
The mm-hmm. only mistake that's been made today is letting Pagano speak. The fact that Pagano was able to end his press conference with, I haven't talked to Ursay, so I have no reason to believe I'm not back. What the hell has been... Well, it's common, hours. It, it's common at the end of the, uh, on the last day that the coach and the general manager do meet with the owner. Everyone right. meets with everybody uh, the, the day after the last game of the season. Right, but I mean, to, to, it's obviously a question. Mm-hmm. As you said, all no one's come out and said yes, and if they were definitely coming back, they would have said that. So it's a question that's out there. Why do you have? Why do you allow him to have this press conference? It at least gets leaked. It at least gets leaked, right? Or say at least say, leaks it to Adam Schefter or to Bob Kravitz. They at least say, "Look, he's coming back. He's the coach next year. I'm leaking it to you." Sources close to me say that. Uh, uh, J- uh, Chuck Pagano will be the head coach again next year. And that's it. That's it. It ends it right there. Everyone riots, everyone panics, everyone gets upset, and then they process their grief and they move on. That has not happened. Not even that. Not even the, the cowardly way <laughs> of, of, of acknowledging that they're going to be back. What's your opinion here? I have my opinion. I want to know what you think. Why has this not happened yet? Because to me, Ursay seems to be the ultimate, I won't break up with my girlfriend unless I have a replacement. And he's yeah, basically unless, saying, unless he's got somebody, unless he's got somebody the, in mind that he might, that he might have a, a preliminary deal with, with, right? Right. Like I, I'm, I'm sure he has people in mind, but he, they have to say yes. And until they say yes, he's not willing to, to fire these two guys because he doesn't want to. This is my pro. So my this, that's my opinion. Well, let's my be let's be clear. Is, let's let, let's be clear on one thing though. Okay, so it's against league rules to negotiate with anyone if you've already got people employed in those respective jobs. So if Jim Irsay went out and talked to another coach, especially if that coach is employed right now by another team. While Chuck Pagano is his head coach, that's a huge violation of rules. That's like draft picks and money and all that kind of stuff. Same with but the general manager. Think, you have to fire both before happening. you can actively search for the others. But this is what I think is happening. He's going to hire Peyton to be the president and then mm-hmm. say, because remember when he, he wouldn't fire Caldwell and he wouldn't cut Peyton. He mm-hmm. had to hire Grigson first and then was like, okay, now you do it. That's right. That, it, for, for people who don't remember that, this is 2011 or 2012, the beginning of 2012, after the 2011 season. Uh, they went through a whole day, I remember it well, where we didn't know what was going to happen. Bill Poley, uh, sorry, uh, Jim Mercer fired Chris Polian, who was then the general manager at that time, Bill Polian's son. And then Bill Polian told him, if you're going to fire Chris, you have to fire me. And then Ursay fired Bill Polian. And Jim Caldwell had to come out there and give a press conference which was very, very weird. Jim Caldwell was the head coach at that time. And then Caldwell hung around until I was like maybe two or three weeks after when uh, Grigson, before, yeah, Grigson was hired. And then Grigson had about two weeks to figure out whether or not he wanted to keep Caldwell or not. And he let Grigson fire Caldwell. So remember they brought in Steve Spagnuolo I mean, to potentially be the defensive yep. coordinator? And then so all that's that what happened at table. that time. Yeah, yeah. So, so th- this is what I think is happening, and what yeah. and he'll do it in the most scummy way. He'll get Peyton on as president and say Peyton's looking into it. Peyton will make all the decisions. Peyton will fire 
everyone. And then Peyton will go somehow it'll work out. And now, now that everyone's fired, Peyton will become president slash GM. Oh, well, isn't that convenient? Mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's going to happen if it happens in the most scummy way possible when all he had to do was say, <laughs> you're fired now and I'll deal with it later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, that is exactly what I think is happening. I think that what is going on right now is that there is a negotiation happening. Uh, there is talk between Ursay and Manning's representatives about what the role will be, what the money will be, what the power structure will be, what kind of coach do you want, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure Ursay, when Bill Polian was in town on Sunday, vetted Polian on this. He got it got it you know got it Polian's opinion on Manning Polian has publicly said that Manning would be a very good football executive but what you say publicly as we all know what Bill Polian says publicly he doesn't necessarily mean privately so I'm sure Ursay got some private you know consultation from Polian and then now uh, what I think is happening to be honest with you is Ursay is trying to figure out who he's going to fire and how much money he has to pay them after he fires them. He's, they're trying to basically reach a settlement on you know, compensation after you're fired because the contracts are guaranteed. So if Ursay were to fire Pagano and Grigson right now, it obviously depends upon the language of the contract, but I'm willing to bet that the language of the contract pretty clearly states that if you fire them now, you've got to pay them for the length of their contract which was four years. Now it would be three. So Ursay would have to pay both of those guys over the next three years. And what Ursay and his legal counsel are probably doing with Grigson, Pagano, and their representatives is saying, look, uh, we're going we're gonna to let you go, and this is, this is what we're going to pay you. And then Grigson and Pagano can either take that or they can negotiate or fight for their jobs. I don't know. I mean, this is the thing about Grigson and Pagano. They are two very good con men, very good con men. They know, Grigson in particular, that they will never get a job like this again. No one's ever going to turn their front office over to Ryan Grigson ever again after this. It's not going to happen. Chuck Pagano, I don't see how anyone could ever hire him as a head coach again, especially after today's press conference. Maybe somebody will. I don't know. But basically, Chuck Pagano has conned Jim Irsay into thinking that he's a head coach. And so what they're doing now is they're trying to con Irsay again, con him into not firing them or con him into giving them the money that they're owed. That's what it boils down to, I think. And then once that gets settled, you're going to start seeing some announcements. Now, for me and you, we don't care about this kind of stuff. Jim Irsay's rich. Jim Irsay's a billionaire. He could fire both those guys right now and pay the full length of their contracts, and it's not—it's barely a dent, barely a dent in his ledger, barely. Hiring Peyton Manning, barely a dent. It's not that much money when you consider how much money Jim Irsay is worth and how much he gets on a yearly basis as owner of the Indianapolis Colts. But billionaires, they, they don't think that way. They don't want to spend any of their money. So in the, you know, with this, 
I think those things have to get worked out. What is the compensation after termination for Grigson and Pagano? I think it's going to play out exactly as you said. I think Jim Mercer will fire Ryan Grigson. He will hire a replacement. Peyton Manning is a name that's been suggested. Maybe there's somebody else. I don't know. And then that general manager will determine the fate of Chuck Pagano. I'll tell you this, though. If he hires Peyton Manning, Chuck Pagano, is uh, he's gone. He's gone. Adios, muchachos. <laughs> so it's it ain't going to happen. So I think that that's the way it's going to play out. So this is going to this might play out over the next week or two, which is unfortunate because fans want to know they want to know now whether or not this is a team that they should root for. And I think people in Indianapolis and I think Colts fans, we shouldn't just say there's this feeling that Colts fans in Indianapolis are more special than Colts fans everywhere else, which is just a load of horse crap. Colts fans are all over the world. When I wrote in the blog, I met Colts fans in, in the Philippines. There were Colts fans in Brazil or Colts fans in Libya or Colts fans in France. They're all over the world. So Colts fans are everywhere. Fan, there, no city has a monopoly on the team. The team certainly doesn't have any loyalty to cities. You can just ask Oakland and St. Louis that. And San Diego, too. So I think Colt fans everywhere, they want to know whether or not this team is worth rooting for next year. And if both of these guys are retained, then I think the answer to that question is no, it's not really worth rooting for. Uh, what's the point? You, you, you know what these guys are capable of, which is not that much. So why continue to root for them? I think you and I can both agree, though, that if Jim Irsay manages to hire Peyton Manning, as the general manager or the president of the team, that would be probably the biggest move of the entire off season for any team. It would be just a huge, massive coup. I think the only equivalent would be is Jim Harbaugh left Michigan and came back to the NFL, which looks like it's not happening. So it would also instantly re-energize the fan base. Like no oh, one would no, be, yeah. I can't Come Everyone, on, oh, I'm renewing. I was just kidding about canceling my tickets. Renewed all, and the waiting list would be back. It doesn't matter. And I'll tell you what, I've seen people say this, and I kind of agree with it. If mm-hmm. Manning were the became GM or president or whatever, and he decided to keep Pagano, I think it would be stupid, and I'd hate it. But I'd also say, okay, fine. Oh, people would be okay with it, though. Yeah, people would be okay. With, I'd be okay with it because I don't think. Manning would sit around and be okay with prolonged mediocrity. My problem right now is you're keeping mm-hmm. them around. If he saw something worth keeping, then I, then I trust him, and that's fine. Maybe he thinks Pagano's fine and the problem's all Grigson, whatever. Great. Mm-hmm. I would trust him, and if he made that decision and then a, and after a year it w- still wasn't working, I trust him to then fix it. My problem now is I don't trust Ursay to ever fix this or Grigson to ever fix it or – Anyone no, ever fix it. you're right. You're right. There's nothing that Ursay, Ursay in particular, there's nothing in Ursay's actions over the last two years in particular that should lead you to think that he knows anything of what he's doing. He's he's incompetent, incompetent. I don't I don't like using that word to describe somebody in that position, but he is a dumb owner, dumb, and 
this is the kind of stuff that if you're a fan of a team, you cannot see this happening. It's the kind of stuff where you start looking at a team like Green Bay and go, isn't it great that they don't have a dumb owner running the franchise that's actually owned by the community? They don't have a Jim Ursay. I mean, what's, what Ursay's doing right now is, remember, Jerry Jones used to be the butt of all jokes. Jerry Jones looks like a genius now, hilariously. Jimmy Haslam, you know, Ursay's now being mentioned in the same breath as Haslam. You know? That's how bad his credibility is right now. And if he brings in somebody like Peyton Manning, right, there's two problems there if you're Ursay. Number one, you're basically acknowledging that you suck and that you have no credibility and that the only way that you're going to get credibility back is to bring back the guy that you've just spent the last five years distancing yourself from. Jim Irsay was openly insulting Peyton Manning in the media and on social media just two years ago, openly insulting him. We don't, we do, you know, we're into winning football games now, not Star Wars numbers. I mean, that was Jim Irsay three years ago. So he's worked very hard over the last five years to, to carve out his own legacy separate from Peyton Manning. If he were to hire Peyton Manning, that is an acknowledgement that, yeah, I, I suck. So that's, that would be problem number one. Problem number two is the money. The money that you'd have to give out to Grigson and Pagano, the money you'd have to give to, to, to Manning, and the potential ownership share. I, I, I think all of those things are huge obstacles. The very fact that Ursay is even talking to Manning's people about this is a humongous change in 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 Ursay's mindset. I think he realizes that people don't like him and don't respect him and that he's got to do something. But I think we've also seen that Ursay's cheap. He's cheap. He's a cheap guy. He could have had Sean Payton last year. All he had to do was plop in an extra two million dollars and he didn't want to do it. Two million dollars is chump change to Jim Ursay. So that's the kind of stuff if you're if you're a fan that sh- that, that would discourage me. Uh, I think at the end of the day though the the, the holdups with this are, are are money. It's all money, money and power. And if you bring Peyton Manning in, he's going to ask for a lot of money, and he's going to want full control of the roster and the coaching staff, which means that Jim Mercy is then shoved into a closet and told to suck his thumb and not do anything. Peyton, you think Peyton Manning is going to be tolerant of Jim Mercy tweeting? About the team? <laughs> if you thought Bill Polian was a control freak, <laughs> Peyton Manning, that, 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 I, I guarantee you that that's actually in the contract if they sign it. That Peyton Manning's like, no, no, none of the, no tweeting. You could tweet about maybe a contest or something like that. I'm not interested in your tweets about the team. Peyton Manning would run the Colts the way Bill Belichick runs the Patriots. He would be utterly ruthless with this roster with this coaching staff, and I think with the media. I mean, Peyton's got this wonderful reputation of being hunky-dory and folksy and, you know, hearty-hearty-har-har with the media. You cross Peyton Manning, man. You are done. He is is a ruthless individual when it comes to competition. It's one of the things that made him great as a player, and that's why I think he'd be a better executive than than a coach, let's say. There's the, the uh, Dan Patrick story. Right after he signed his contract in 2004, 
mm-hmm. he was on ESPN with Dan Patrick, and Dan Patrick said, "Do you think you're? Do you think someone who hasn't won yet, or something like that, should have been paid as much as you were?" And then Peyton finished the interview and stuff, but then Peyton didn't give Dan Patrick another interview for ten years, I think. <laughs> yeah, and this is one of the biggest names in sports journalism yeah. in the in the world, and he was like, "Nope." I'm Peyton Manning. I don't need you. Perfectly acceptable question. I mean, here, here's the thing. I, I think there's certain elements of the question that are a bit. Let's use the word douchey. Uh, yeah. If, of if, if the question is phrased in that, you know, do you think somebody who hasn't won a Super Bowl, winning Super Bowls doesn't determine greatness. Uh, your value is determined by the market. And Peyton Manning's contract in 2004 was a bargain when you consider the amount of money he made, not just for the Indianapolis Colts, but for the NFL as well. And, you know, also two years after he signed that contract, he won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP too. So, and he won the MVP the year that he signed that contract too, uh, 2004. So this is, um, you know, I, I think the speculation of Manning is fabulous. It's wonderful to talk about the speculation. And at the end of the day, though, there's so much that has to happen before we get to that point that I don't know how productive that speculation can be. The one thing that I can speculate, I feel pretty good about this. All right, I'm I'm just going to say it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Ryan Grigson's going to get fired. Ryan Grigson's going to get fired. I feel pretty confident in that. You know, Chuck Pagano, I don't know. I think it's going to play out the way you said. If it does play out that way, Greg, I think the media's responsibility is to jump right on Ursay because Ursay came out multiple times and said that Pagano and Grigson were, quote, joined at the hip, which means that if you fire one, you have to fire both. When Pagano went in uh, last year this time and pleaded for his job, he said, you have to re-sign me and you have to re-sign Ryan Grigson. We have to be joined at the hip. So if you fire Grigson, you got to fire Pagano. And I think the holdup today has to do with money, has to do with contract buyouts for both of them. But that is solely uh, my opinion. Uh, I I do feel very confident, though, that Ursay is negotiating with Peyton's people to bring him in to the Colts franchise in some capacity. I think it's logical to assume that he would be either the general manager or the president or both. And that uh, that if they're going to do that, that is going to be an involved process. And we're not going to hear a peep about it from like Schefter or anything like that until they're close to signing a deal. And that will come directly from Condon himself because he'll tell Schefter because they both they're both represented by the same agency. Condon works for the agency that represents Schefter. He'll say, Adam, don't say anything about this until we're ready to sign the deal. I think that's how they're going to control it. Even if they don't get Manning, do you think Grigson's gone? Are you saying no matter what, Grigson is gone? I, yeah, I mean, I think so. I think no matter what. I, I think at this point now, there's got to be some kind of change. I, I think it's impossible for Ursay to go into next season with these two guys. But I thought it was, I thought it was impossible last year. Uh, Because I just knew how it was going to play out. And I was, of course, right, because I'm awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, but yeah, everybody knew. Everybody knew. Like at best, they were going to be eight and eight, and I said they were going to win six games. So they won two more than what I thought they were going to win. So, you know, it, it, this is just. And you can see it, you know, I mean, the Colts won a game yesterday uh, on Sunday and, you know, yeah, they beat a crappy Jaguars team with a, with a, with nine seconds left and they're celebrating like they won the Super Bowl. This is the mindset of that team. It was pathetic. Andrew Luck's running up and down the field. Like he just won MVP of the Super Bowl. It's like, dude, you're eight and eight. Stop it. You know, th- this is the, the kind of loser mindset that I think has that has perpetuated it within this franchise. And, um, you know, to his credit, uh, Conrad Buhner came out today with a, with an article on 1070.com talking about how the new norm with the Indianapolis Colts is mediocrity. And it's because that of and, Grigson, Pagano, and Ursay. That and Andrew Luck celebration, that yeah. Andrew Luck celebration was the second most embarrassing thing after yeah, the press was, conference. Like, and that's your best player. That's, that, that, that's Man, your franchise Manny, right there. What are you celebrating? You threw a touchdown he, pass with nine seconds left against a crappy Jaguar team. Whoop-de-doo. A team that was, I, I think, what is the Jaguars? They won, they won three games this year? Four? Three. I mean, you needed that. You came out completely listless and lifeless in the first half. I mean, dude. When people criticize Andrew Luck, I think that's a fair criticism. Loser mentality. I think that's a fair criticism after watching that celebration yesterday. I think Andrew Luck's a great player. I think he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, but he ain't winning no Super Bowl celebrating touchdown throws like that in a meaningless game in a meaningless season that ended that, that is on all levels, a complete disappointment. It would have been better for them to have lost that game because they got in better draft position. So I mean, I even would be critical. Why is Luck even playing the game? It means nothing. What's he even Especially doing out the there? the first half. He was yeah, what's he even doing out there? Like, Who cares? Well, we're playing for pride. Pride. Come on, you're professionals. You know, that, that type of cultural problem within the Colts is, is that, that, that stems from Pagano directly. A lot of people have talked about that. This is not a... You know, I, I don't want. We shouldn't be all down on this because I think at the end of the day, something is happening. We just don't know what it is, and I think that's the frustrating part. I think people would just prefer to know now that they're either going to be back or they're going to be fired. Hanging out in limbo is just the worst. It's the absolute worst. So I'm, I'm sorry, Greg. I really am. I, you don't have to apologize to me. I'm not really like I'm. I'm totally checked out. I, w- I was having fun <laughs> with it. On Twitter today, you, you I, were. I it really was only quite lost humorous. my cool only after that press conference. Like, I'm fine. He comes back and wants to do whatever, fine. But to to bail on a press conference, those guys are doing their job. <laughs> and to just sit there and hide behind a media guy. Yeah. Okay, Colts, PR is, uh, Colts PR is, uh, is uh, generating a lovely reputation. Gone, gone are the days of Craig Kelly, who he was the PR director there for many, many years. Uh, Craig is a really nice guy. Um, it, even though I always had animosity with the Colts, I never had animosity with Craig Kelly. He was, he was really, really nice to deal with. Really nice to deal with. I, I've, I've said this on Twitter before. I don't think I've ever said it on the show because it hasn't mm-hmm. really resonated with me until the past year or so. Mm-hmm. This entire organization is 
undeservedly arrogant. Like yeah. so arrogant. What have you Ooh, won? No. Like <laughs> he ain't won crap. Belichick would never hide behind a PR guy. He would just give you flippant answers until you got the message. He but, at least like, does the press conference. He exactly. at least goes out there and, and does it. Yeah. But this was like, okay, it's getting uncomfortable. Gotta bail now. Save me. What was what was interesting is is that uh, I think it was Jake Query, who is a radio host there in Indianapolis, uh, said that he saw basically right as the, that question was going to be answered, somebody came in and whispered something. Uh, a PR assistant came in and whispered to the PR director, and then he immediately shut it down. So it's as if an order had been passed down from somebody, assuming Ursa, to so, shut it so down. So sitting in the back, like watching this. Okay. Stop it now. I, I think, right. yeah. I, I mean, that's my thought that he, he listened to the first 15 minutes of this, of this nonsense and say, all right, we got to end this now. Because again, uh, if, if you're, if you're retaining Pagano, then Pagano should just come out there as if everything is, is as normal. That's not how Pagano acted. And Ursa should come out and say, Hey, they're bringing, we're bringing them back. They're, they're the coach. That's not what Ursa's done. So, it's definitely there's definitely something up, and I I really wish for for people listening and wanting information from me, you know my my Twitter account I mean I I think I've gotten like an additional one thousand followers since you know Thursday or some 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 crazy stupidity like that to all the new people following me thank you I mean it's it's wonderful to to get people listening to you, but I want to make it clear that. The only reason anybody contacted me was because I used to be actively covering the Colts, and I don't anymore, but people still trust me. So they were polite enough and kind enough to share with me some information that there was a dinner happening between Ursi and Condon, and I put two and two together. Now, it's certainly very possible that these sources are wrong, that maybe it wasn't Tom Condon, but I doubt it. I doubt it. I, I think that they were right. They gave me the location, the names of the name of, of Ursa's general counsel, who was also at the dinner, all that stuff. It was too detailed. And, and these people don't lie to me. So I, I'm, I'm fairly confident that Tom Condon was there and that there are negotiations happening. And nothing today, nothing today swayed me from that. Nothing. I was expecting to, to hear, OK, today they're going to announce that they're both going to be back. And they're going to kill the Manning rumors right here and right now, right? And they didn't do that. So, you know, but I mean, I also had the expectation that there was going to be change, that that something was going to have to change. Maybe Pagano was going to fire some assistants again, like he did last year. Maybe Grigson's power was going to be shifted. Um, you know, maybe I've forgotten the name of his um, – uh, uh, Jimmy Ray, the assistant general manager, who for a long time was the assistant general manager of the uh, San Diego Chargers. He's got a lot of experience working in front offices. Maybe maybe the power structure was going to flip. Maybe Jimmy Ray was going to become the general manager and Grigson was going to have a secondary role. I don't know. Something was definitely going to change. Something. And something's going on, but we don't know. I really wish I could tell you. And you could tell if you if you follow anybody on Twitter locally in Indianapolis, local sports people, 
they're frustrated too. They don't know. Nobody knows. And I keep glancing down to see if there's any updates, uh, anything going on, and uh, there's nothing going on. (laughs) Nobody's being called back to the Colts facility. Uh, There's just – it's just the same old, same old. So, um, well, we'll see how we'll see you what don't happens. Know, you don't know if anyone's going to be fired, like uh, assistant coaches or anything. Now, Chuck Pagano said today they have the right co- the right staff and the right players. So we mm-hmm. can all just trust that, you know, they have all the right guys. Okay. Chuck said, I mean, so, Chuck, so Chuck if, there's, if there's some firings, then it just makes Chuck Pagano even look more. I, yeah, I really don't know if it's then. possible for Chuck Pagano to look even st- – I mean, his press conference after the Colts win was pretty embarrassing too, where he came out and said this was the first big win of 2017. Like, are you are you kidding me, pal? People laughed at that. It's just, you know, he's he, he he's a parody of himself now. And it's, it's a little – it's sad because uh, Chuck Pagano is very well liked. People like him as like a nice guy and all that kind of stuff. I think he's a dirtbag, but that's just yeah. that's just my opinion. Oh. I, I anybody anybody who throws their assistants under a bus and uses uh, you know uses the platform that he uses to sort of I, I, again I use the word con. He's a con man. He's a very effective con man. And, you know, he's conned a billionaire into thinking that he's some kind of defensive genius when some of the worst defenses in the history of the Indianapolis Colts, the worst, have been under Chuck Pagano. We're talking defenses that, I mean, when Ron Meyer or, 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 or Ted Marchabrota or Lindy Infante, when those guys were the head coaches, they didn't have defenses worse than the ones Chuck Pagano has coached. And, you know, the top, the top five defenses, Colts all-time, I should say the bottom five defenses all-time in terms of yardage given up, just yardage, 2012, 2015, and 2016. They're all in the top, they're in the bottom five, all of them coached by Chuck Pagano. His defenses have been terrible in Indianapolis, and that's his pedigree. And he was only a defensive coordinator for one year in Baltimore. Yet another example of Baltimore defensive coordinators conning people into thinking that they know what they're doing. So I think something's going to happen. I just don't know what it is. And I honestly hope that it involves Peyton Manning. I really do, because that would be a great story. It would be fun to talk about. It would be fun to speculate what's going to happen. And I think at the end of the day, I think it would make the uh, organization successful. Well, we don't want that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I guess, I mean, there's, there's other alternative, there are other people out there that could do the job, but I mean, I guess the other thing we should say here is, is that now that, you know, once the, now that they haven't, they can't deny it. You talked earlier that they, they can't deny it, right? They They haven't right. confirmed it or denied it. Right. The moment that it becomes like a real thing, Ursay then has to sign Manning. He's got to sign him because then it just becomes – it becomes really nasty if it falls through. And I think that's what they're really concerned about right now. They're concerned about information getting out there. Well, Manning's, I don't, I don't Manning's how concerned about that too. I don't see how it's avoidable at this point because let's say 
Ursay comes out Wednesday and says everyone's coming back. Mm-hmm. But what about the Manning stuff? That was never a thing. Oh bullshit! How do you say that now? Well, he can you say it. That he can, Friday, he can deny it. Right. He, he, he can deny he, it. The, he can deny it, or or maybe he can say there was some talk, but it never materialized. Right. He can deny it. He can deny it because the big people haven't talked about it yet. The little people have. There's been there's been a discussion on a radio show between two guys who cover the team that at the end of the day nobody really gives a crap about. Nobody on the national stage gives two craps about JMV or Bob Kravitz. Nobody cares. If it were if it were Adam Schefter talking about it or Peter King talking about it, it'd be a bigger deal. But you know, and then you've got you've got an ex blogger, me, talking that 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 Condon and Ursay had a had a dinner meeting. You know, yeah, that's something, but it's still not it's not big enough to, to the the cat's nose is peeking out of the bag, but it ain't out of the bag yet. So he can he has enough to he has enough wiggle room to back out of it if he wants to. I think once once somebody like Chris Mortensen, for example, or somebody starts to, or, or Jay Glazer, once they start talking about, you know, there have been active negotiations between Peyton Manning and Jim Ursay for a role in the Colts front office. Once that gets sent out definitively, sources, this has happened. Once that gets sent out, Ursay is then in deep trouble. Ursay then must give Manning whatever he wants and has to sign him because Colt fans will take that tweet or that report as, oh, my God, we're going to sign Peyton Manning because all I did was put a tweet out there that Ursay and Condon were having dinner and put two and two together and they're talking negotiations and everyone's head exploded on Twitter. Everyone was incredibly excited and I don't blame them. I don't blame them one bit because it is exciting. And but once it really gets out there, then Ursay has no leverage. He has no negotiating power of any kind. And Manning can just sit back and and uh and and count his Benjamins, I guess. I don't know. Manning can just sit back and let it all play out. So the one thing so I guess the how i how I wanna end this or my last question uh-huh. if we're gonna think about how this plays out. If he comes out Wednesday and it's not Manning or any day, because he has to, Ursay has to speak at some point. He does. And if they, if he speaks, and it's status quo, I don't understand how he explains the silence. I, I he can he can wiggle out of it, but nothing's going to mm-hmm. make sense. You're he only can... being silent for a reason. Yeah, he could come up with any reason. He could say there was a personal thing that happened. He can say anything he wants. I mean, it's going to be – I think people will let that go. Here's the thing. Media can't really push too much on that one. They can't push too much. Or say, well, I had the coach coach at a press conference, said he expected to come back. I don't know why he felt he expected to come back. He's under contract. Or say can play dumb. You know, he can he can do that. He can do that. I, I think if Ursay comes out and says everything is status quo, that means that the negotiations with Manning have broken down and that it's not happening and that Ursay has no desire. I think what it really means is that Ursay has no desire to pay out the remaining contracts for Pagano and Gregson so that they could not work for the Colts. He would rather just pay them to work for the Colts than not work for them. Basically, Ursay would be, it would be plain, it'd be cheap. Ursay would be cheap. That's how I would take it. 
So well, Chuck Pagano can become the defensive coordinator because clearly that's a job he's qualified for. <laughs> he's, I don't think he's qualified even for that. I know I, 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 I was being sarcastic. I, okay, okay. There's some people who, who who are all like, "Well, Pagano could be the defensive coordinator." I'm like, "Okay, go." You, if I'm an offensive coordinator, I am ecstatic that Chuck Pagano is on the other side. <laughs> I'm having a field day with that moron. So. I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's been a lot of change that's happened in the NFL, obviously, in the last 48 hours. Gary Kubiak resigning was huge. Some people saw it coming. I think most people were kind of caught off guard by it. Mike McCoy getting fired by the Chargers, a little bit of a surprise because some people thought that he had done enough to keep his job. The other firings really weren't all that surprising. So... I think Todd Bowles staying with the New York Jets was a surprise. A lot of people felt he was going to get fired. So if you fire Pagano, that would be seven openings, which, which has happened before. Right now there are six. And I think what a lot of people feel is that there's some good candidates out there, but nobody great. You know, there's not a Harbaugh out there. There's, there's not a – what's it – Andy Reid's not out there. You know what I mean? So uh, John Fox, people, people want to dog John Fox all they want. John Fox, I thought, did a pretty good job in Chicago this past year, considering the talent. So there's not a guy out there that you know. Tom Coughlin, maybe, but Coughlin's going to be 70 years old. So there's a lot of nice assistants out there that could be good head coaches, such as the name that we have mentioned before, Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter. Vance Joseph, defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, Scott McDaniels. Scott McDaniel. Sorry, Josh McDaniel. That's Scott Josh McDaniel. McDaniel. God, what am <laughs> I? Okay. Scott I, McDaniel. I, I would rather have Pagano than McDaniel, honestly. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I can understand that. I, I Those are just some names. Me. You know, some people. Harold Goodwin, we mentioned him before. He's going to get some interviews. Anthony Lynn. He's going to get some interviews. Chip Kelly's not going to get any interviews, unfortunately. I feel sorry for Chip. He probably should not have taken that 49er job. That was a train wreck. But as bad as the 49ers are right now, the Colts look worse. They look yep. worse. Because at least the 49ers have made their decision. So we're both in agreement here that we think something's going to happen. And we think that it's most likely going to be the, the general manager terminated, Ryan Grigson, and that somebody will be brought in to replace him, perhaps Peyton Manning, and that person will then determine Chuck Pagano's fate. So we're really not going to know what the brain trust of this organization is probably for another three weeks, four weeks. Please, no, probably, come on. Don't, don't do that. No, we, we need hours, man. Probably. probably no, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of, <laughs> of early 2012 where Ursay fired Polian, both Polians. He hired Grigson, I think, two weeks after that, right? Or a week I'm after tell you right that. Now. Yeah, it was about a week after that. So Jim Caldwell kind of hung around in limbo for a week. And Grigson then, was hired on the uh, 11th. So yeah, so that was that was a days. week after that was a week after Polian was fired. It was about a week after. So and then I think it was a week after that that Jim Caldwell was fired. So Jim Caldwell exactly was fired a week, two, the 18th. Yeah. 
And Jim Caldwell was fired about two weeks after Bill Polian was fired. And then there was about maybe a week, a week and a half search for the new head coach, Chuck Pagano. And I know that because Pagano got the interview after the AFC championship game. And the AFC championship game is three weeks after the end of week 17. So the Colts didn't know who their head coach was until uh, about right before the Super Bowl. So that by, by right before the Super Bowl, that was when the full brain trust of the Indianapolis Colts was set. And so if you want to know what the timeline is, I think that's a fairly accurate one to look at, that if something is going to happen, there'll be some changes in the front office this week. There'll be maybe a new front office head next week. And then the fate of Chuck Pagano will be determined sometime at or after the AFC championship game. That's my, that's my guess based on past experience. I think everyone would have preferred they all get fired today, but I guess that's just not how Jim Irsay rolls. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, I, I wish he was more coherent, put together, <laughs> less crazy. I think, I think everyone would wish that Jim Irsay was more coherent. Laura on Twitter suggests David Shaw. David Shaw absolutely would consider the Colt job if Chuck Pagano were fired. He absolutely would consider the job. I think that's I hard think to the do only job, you already yeah. you already brought in Pep Hamilton, and people viewed that kind of like kowtowing yeah. to Buck. And now if you bring in Shaw, are you doing it again? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. Shaw's probably, a very but, good coach. Shaw's a yeah, very I know, good coach. Yeah, I know, and I'm not – I'm just talking about optics. I'm not talking about yeah. actually. I don't know. Jim Jim Mercy seems like the kind of guy who lets optics get in the way of making good decisions. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I you know, if people are thinking of who'd be a good head coach, we talked about head coaching candidates in our last pop, podcast. You know, if if you have an opportunity to get somebody like David Shaw, yeah, absolutely, you go after him. Absolutely, he's very good. But it would David Shaw ain't going to come cheap. He's got a very good job at Stanford. Stanford's a beautiful campus. He's got all the power that he could want. They're a winning or, a winning organ a winning university, winning program. He's producing NFL talent left and right. He David Shaw has made it. David Shaw probably top five college football coach. Top five. You know Saban, Harbaugh, Urban Meyer. And then you can argue with me where Shaw fits in there after that, but I, I think Shaw's four or five. He is outstanding. So he's paid a lot of money. So why would he leave that job? It would have to be for a very good reason. And Andrew Luck is a very good reason. So I, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I think you know, people have speculated if it's Manning, you know, we've got a little bit of time left here. We've got about 15 minutes left on this podcast, so let's do a little bit of speculating here. If Peyton Manning is hired as the general manager, what's he going to do? What's what's the first he's thing gonna he's going to do? Fire Pagano in the most mm-hmm. – was it Laura who said this earlier? He's going to take pleasure in firing the people. He's going to take pleasure in firing Grigson or replacing Grigson when Grigson couldn't be bothered to say his name. And firing the people who were <laughs> I remember that. That's, that's the, good. Yeah. That's good. Wow. So 
that's right, the first so, thing. The next thing is so he'll, you talk he'll, about he'll, he'll fire he'll fire he'll, he'll fire the coaching staff. All let's yeah, all the assistants 100%. are gone. All of them are gone. Even Chedzinski. Yeah. All right. So they're all gone. Yeah. And then what's he do? So, you know, Manning's in charge now. So what's he do? He gets his guys. Who were his guys? His guys. Like, I don't know. Well, so you have to look at, like, Elway brought Kubiak in because Kubiak was a Bronco guy. But he didn't bring Kubiak in initially, who was the guy that Elway no. first brought in. Right, I know. But I, but eventually that mm-hmm. he brought him back to that. And I, I don't think that there's yeah. any reason. You, you talked about Jim Bob Cooter. I would look for people mm-hmm. who are available from Manning's past. You know, this will yeah. sound crazy. And he's not going to become available, but if he ever became available, Jim Caldwell probably wouldn't be a shock as mm-hmm. the cool, yeah, as that's a cool, a good, that's as a good a point. candidate because Manning liked Caldwell. They worked together yeah. for a long time, and Manning yeah. had no problems with him as the coach. No, I, no, I he didn't. Think, so, uh, as far as I know, uh, I mean, we talked about Jim Bob Cooter. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of names out there. I, I people have asked me on Twitter a lot. What do you think Manning will do? This is what he'll do. We all know Manning is not dumb, and smart people know what their limitations are. I think the first thing Manning will do once he's hired is he'll want to bring in somebody with experience in a front office, who he will work with very closely. This is somebody that's got experience. They're not necessarily uh, uh, an old scout. This is somebody that's been a general manager before or is an assistant general manager somewhere that Manning has a relationship with. He can trust him. Uh, John Elway had that with Brian Zanders in, in Denver. And after, I think, Elway's second year, he, he, he fired Zanders. Xanders is now uh, in the front office with the Detroit Lions, interestingly enough. So, and Xanders was part of the group that sold Manning on joining Denver. It was, it was the president of the Broncos, Xanders, and Elway, and John Fox, who all convinced Manning to join Denver. So Manning knows Xanders. So Xanders is somebody that maybe Manning, somebody like that. He'd bring somebody into the front office, and that person would be the person who would work with him. They'd put the draft board together. They'd look for the free agents. They would tell Manning, all right, this is what I think. This is what we're going to do, and then Manning would decide. And then Manning would watch that person and work with that person and see what works and see what doesn't. That's the first thing I think he would do. The second thing he would do is would fire the coaching staff, and he'd want to bring in his coaches, people who he has a relationship with. He would evaluate the roster and determine what coach would work best with this roster. You got a lot of free agents on this team, a lot of old guys who should not be re-signed. Dequell Jackson, Mike Adams, Robert Mathis is retiring, Trent Cole. Get these guys out of there. They're old and slow. Adams I like, but you know, at the end of the day you got to get some youth in that position. So, there's definitely a change going on in this organization and now is the time to make your change in your front office and your coaching staff because you're getting turnover in your roster you're going from an old roster to a young one so why retain this coaching staff why retain this front office bring people in that know what they're doing and i think at the end of the day even a green peyton manning knows more about how to run a front office than Ryan Grigson does. 
I think that's a fair assessment based on what we've seen so far. I think that's what he'll do. And the coaches that he'll look at, we talked about Jim Bob Cooter, Wade Phillips, not as a head coach, but Wade Phillips is effectively a free agent right now. And if you're looking to build a defense, there's few coaches better to build a defense than Wade Phillips. And Manning, Manning has a very strong relationship with Wade Phillips. Manning's father had a strong relationship with Wade Phillips' father, Bum Phillips. So uh, I think that's somebody that Peyton would look at too. But uh, I think for the head coaching position, he would look for offensive-minded coaches. Look for guys who could work with Andrew Luck and fix this offense. I have a name, and I don't think it can work because of age. But if Manning wanted to make it work, I Mm -hmm. I, I think Manning would want desperately to make it work, and that's Tom Moore, only because he never got the shot. And Eh. he's still – He's still hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. I think he'd want to bring Moore back as an assistant or as sure, a consultant. But I don't, know I don't think works. Tom Moore. Tom Moore didn't want to be a head coach. I've I've talked to Tom Moore. Tom Moore didn't want to be a head coach. He didn't want to, have to deal with that nonsense. No. I, 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 I still think that's Tom the guy Moore, that Manning would like. You know, a name I'll throw out there. I think I mentioned this name before. I think a, a, a name Manning might really strongly consider would be Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin and Manning's brother have a very strong relationship, and uh, I think Manning, Eli Manning would give Coughlin a ringing endorsement. And if you want to talk about somebody who's going to come in there and clean up a messy culture, Tom Coughlin is the guy to do that. If you're looking for somebody to come in and clean up a mess, Tom Coughlin's the guy. I don't know. How, that's not a sexy pick, but he, he'll definitely come in there this this – Sloppy, uh, loser mentality that's in that locker room, that's in that franchise. Tom Coughlin would come in immediately and shape that up. And he would run that place the way I would, I would imagine a, a Peyton Manning coach would want it run. He would be ruthless. Ruthless. So that's another name. But, I mean, everyone's, everyone's speculating John Gruden because Peyton and Gruden are friends. You know, I'm not going to dismiss that completely, but <laughs> if you're paying a lot of money for Peyton Manning, you're going to pay even more for for John Gruden. And John Gruden's going to want, you know, I, I don't see how that would, John Gruden and Peyton Manning working together. You want to talk about two people that would end up killing each other by week eight. It'd be those How does two. that work anyhow? Because Gruden is so, what's the proper word? But like the whole the sheriff thing, he seems so reverential. Oh, he coined that phrase. That Peyton Manning's nickname, the sheriff, I mean. comes like, from Gruden. He worships at his, or he seemed to. Maybe he just that's how he is with everyone. If, but I, I guess I don't if, know there's, how you if there's an executive, together. if there's an executive that Gruden would work for, it would be Manning. Otherwise, <laughs> Gruden would not want to work for an executive. He would want to have full control. But if there's anyone that I think he would cede that control to, it would be Manning. However. Gruden's modus operandi is Gruden's a backstabber. So Gruden, I think, would just because this is his nature, he would try to maneuver to get more power from Manning. And Manning would see that coming a mile away, and you would have major, major friction between the two very early on. That's, that's my opinion. These are both strong-willed, strong-minded guys who like each other very much. They're friends. And it's one thing to be friends with somebody and it's another thing to have to work with them. And, you know, that's why it's, it's not necessarily a good idea to friends to work with or for each other. 
because it can damage the friendship. And I don't see how that necessarily works. They're, they're too strong-willed. Too, the personalities are too strong. You know, in some cases, you need to, you know, if the general manager is going to be strong, then the head coach needs to be, you know, a, 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 little, a little less. If they're both strong personalities, then you're going to have like Jim Mora and Bill Polian, which was a disaster. You know, the, those two guys just thought too much alike. And as a result, it, it ended very badly. So Bill Polian and Tony Dungy, it worked perfectly. So, so you're saying Tony yeah, Dungy's coming out of retirement? No, no. I mean, but I think Manning would look at dungy people. You right, know. Exactly, yeah. He'd look at, like you mentioned Jim Caldwell, he would look at dungy people or people that uh, dungy would recommend and, 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 think, and think about and consider them. I mean, the speculation with Manning is just, it's great. We, I, you know, what we'll tell listeners here is obviously if there is a significant change with the Colts, if they bring in Peyton Manning in particular, we will absolutely do another podcast. Right, because we'll we'll, sure. we'll spend, God, we'll spend a, spend an hour and a half just speculating about you know who Peyton Manning is going to fire, <laughs> you know, it's insane, and uh, maybe we'll get a guest on. By that point, I want to try and see if we can get a guest on. We can get Mike, get Peyton Manning Mike. on. We get Peyton on, yeah, Peyton. He'll he'll love to be on a, a podcast. We could probably get I, we, can, we can go back to my old old friend Mike Wells will come on. We could ask him, you know, did, did the PR guy give you a dirty look when you when you asked your question, Mike? <laughs> someone is saying, I think it's is it Clay? I think someone on Twitter was insisting, mm-hmm. and I don't want to I don't want to attribute to this or the wrong person, but when the PR guy cut them off, someone dropped a, an F bomb. I want to know who dropped the F bomb at the PR guy. <laughs> I, I just I need to know who was like. Mike Wells, uh, <laughs> Phil Wilson, I would be fine with because, um, oh, Phil's great. I, I Phil's want great. someone, someone who has no problem. When I ask the question, so how do you feel being told to shut up by the PR guy? I want oh, I, Phil. If I say that if I ask that to Phil B, I know that I can go get a drink and come back in like 90 minutes <laughs> and he'll be like finishing his first sentence and his, his blonde hair will now be like red. Red. Just, yeah. He's, he's gone. Oh, you know, he's great. There's a, there's a lot of, I there's want, a lot of lovely people. I mean, there's this, the, 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 you can, you can get some really good people to talk uh, on a podcast. And I think that we'll, we'll, we'll look to do that. And I think, you know, hopefully the next time we talk, there'll be some positive news here because I can just sense from you. I mean, even though you you've you've funded it, I can just sense from you that you, you, you this is annoying, and I definitely sense it from people on Twitter and people who have talked to me that this is not fun. That this is not, you know, being in limbo like this is not cool. Not cool at all. So hopefully there'll be some positive developments that happen over the next few days. If they, if they're not gonna if they don't fire anyone and it's just the same well I don't know if I'll do another one because I don't know how many times I can just say f no, f f like uh, once once if 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 it's the same old same old then guys sorry there there really is no point in <laughs> even covering the Colts why even watch the games because you're just gonna have the same thing same old same old I won't be watching you know? next year like. You can talk about selling your or not or giving up your tickets or whatever. I won't be watching from my couch. I barely did this year. I uh, yeah, year. I didn't watch that much. I watched maybe six games, five six games. Yeah. I didn't watch the game on Sunday. I watched the last two minutes of it. 
you know, I I saw some highlights. I checked the score. Uh, you know, I you know, they're just not an interesting team. There's not there's nothing. I mean, outside of Andrew Luck, this is just not an interesting team. It's a boring team that isn't going anywhere. So, and I think what people want to see is they want to see it going somewhere. So hopefully it will. So Clay Clay asked on Twitter, what if it's what if they just don't say anything until free agency? I've changed my mind. This is exactly what I want to have happen. I don't want anyone from the Colts to speak again on this matter until March. Until and then they're going to speak at the combine. Not even at the combine. I want the media to go every day for the next three months. So, Ursay, can I ask you? Nope. I don't want to subject (laughs) them to that. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be the greatest thing in the. There'll be like a, a ESPN 30 for 30 in three months. Indianapolis went silent. What if Just, What if I told you that every day <laughs> in the month of January and February, what if I told you that Bob Kravitz made his second home in in the Colts complex? On that note, I need, it. <laughs> I need this um, now, please. Don't do anything. <laughs> Greg, on a serious note, Happy New Year, man. And as always, I really like talking to you. Sorry, she's talking in my ear. She's telling me 90 seconds. Uh, Yes, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad we did this. And I hope there's change. We can do it again. Uh, But if there's not change, I'm going to be very upset. So for everyone's sake, let's hope there's change so we can do another podcast. Yeah, we want change. Change is good. There you go. One day you you can change your underwear or something. I don't know, guys. (laughs) Change. (laughs) Not us. You guys. That us. We, we wear clean clothes. <laughs> what do you look yes. like that for? I'm wearing okay. I'm wearing clean clothes right now. Exactly. And I think we both we both want change. We both want change, and everybody else does too. So. Yeah. Okay. Good talk. Good and, talk. Uh, man. As soon as we have a new uh, a new show planned or a new topic planned, we will let you beautiful people know. Thank you for listening. I think we got like five thousand listens last time live. So wow. Nice hopefully little, we get nice a little bump. Listen. Yeah, hopefully uh, get a few few more this time, and the next time, you know, the world. So thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you are frustrated, if you are upset, the best thing you can do, real talk, don't watch. Don't go on Twitter and send these angry messages. Don't call the ticket office. Don't Just don't go. If you don't go, change will happen. I promise you, because people care about being rich. <laughs> That's all. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, bye. I can start music this time. You guys go. Take care. Bye.